As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And welcome to Castle of Horror, the show dedicated to horror movies and awesomeness. This week, we continue our Halloween retrospective with Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers, a.k.a. Halloween 666, or Halloween 6, the Curse of Michael Myers, or the Curse of Michael Myers. We are barreling towards this month's release of the 2018 reboot, mercifully named Halloween. Bear in mind, if you haven't seen today's movie, we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of horror fans who have. So warning, spoilers ahead from Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Jason Henderson, co-author of California Tiki, out now from the History Press. With me from Austin is Tony Salvaggio, tech director at Rooster Teeth, lead singer and bassist to the band Deserts of Mars, and lead guitarist to the band Rise from Fire. Say hello, Tony. Howdy. Howdy. Also in Austin is welcome back, back for easily one of the most interesting uh, uh, parts of the Halloween series. Mr. Drew Edwards, creator of the long-running indie comic Halloween Man and out from Comixology and Sugar Skull Media very recently, the new Lucy Chaplin Science Starlet special. Say hello, Drew. It's it's. I, I don't even have the, the comeback for... I had to watch all three of these just to talk about this one movie. Oh, boy. Oh, man, that's quite the... You took one for the team. Oh, yeah. man. That's some that's some dedication, and, and I, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate and, it. I'm beginning to understand more and more your love for other franchises than this uh, one. Uh, plus, coming but, back from vacation, you're like, yeah, I'm back from vacation. Let's get, oh, uh, what am I doing? Four, five, and six. Damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Homework. Homework. Vacation's over. Yeah. <laughs> So, so welcome. Uh, and from the Rio Grande Valley, Professor David Bowles has received awards from the American Library Association, the Texas Institute of Letters, the Texas Associated Press, to the dozen books he's written. He's recently added Feathered Serpent, Dark Heart of Sky, Myths of Mexico, and soon the YA steampunk graphic novel, Clockwork Curandera. Say hello, David. Hey there. 
Hello, hello. Actually, you have a brand new book. Uh, uh, don't yeah, you? coming out uh, the twenty second. Yeah, yeah. They call me yeah, Guero. Just, they call me Guero. Yeah. I want to get uh, that for my for my girls. Yeah, I think they would really like it. I'll make sure you guys get a copy. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and finally, also in Denver, as always, color commentary from uh, just got named actually the the rising star in uh, immigration law by the American Immigration Lawyers Association <laughs> of Colorado. <laughs> Ms. Like that. <laughs> Ms. Is that is that what we call people now? Ms. Julia Guzman of Guzman Immigration of Denver. Say hello, Julia. Hello, Julia. I love how she's Julia Guzman of Guzman. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's great. It's, it's beautiful. That's beautiful. The funny thing is, too much, David. It's too much. Too much Latinx if you say it. Guzman twice in a row. For me to say it right twice in five seconds, and after having said curandera too, I mean that's just that would be three Spanish words in a row. Okay, Halloween Six, and I'm just going to call it that from here on out because, for heaven's sake, it is a 1995 American slasher film directed by Joe Chappelle, written by Daniel. Ferens. The film stars Donald Pleasance in his final film appearance. The film uh. also features the first, the very first starring role of Paul Rudd, and it stars Marianne Hagen, the sixth, and Kim Darby, uh, who was who was you know so great in in Teen Wolf and and uh, True Grit. Anyway. Uh, the sixth installment in the Halloween film series follows a young woman living with her family in Michael Myers' childhood home who finds herself stalked by Myers on Halloween. That's a very simple sounding plot, and it, it does not describe this movie in the slightest. But she is helped out by Tommy Doyle, who was the original boy stalked uh, by because Michael, My uh, Michael Myers went after Laurie Strode, who was babysitting him when uh, he was a little boy. The plot of the film formally introduced the Curse of Thorn, a mystical symbol that has sort of been hinted at in the last movie before this, which makes four, five, and six into a semi coherent trilogy in the middle of the entire Halloween. Coherent, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, semi coherent is what I said, yeah. uh, and um, that's, that's revealed... the description. The thorn, <laughs> the curse of thorn is revealed to be the source of Michael Myers' apparent immortality, that he has powers that are tied to an a hitherto unknown thorn rune constellation in yep. space. And uh, it, uh, it took six he years. He kills when it al aligns, yeah. Right, which... Uh. All right, and uh, it was shot in Salt Lake City in a film in a in a place that actually filmed very well. It looks it looks like fall, so that's beautiful. All right, so uh, th there are several versions of this movie. We're going to try our hardest to discuss this film. I I I want to get first opening thoughts, and then after that, the first thing I want to discuss is which version should our listeners watch if they are going to dive into this movie but uh drew you are back so let's do it this way let's go drew tony julia david and i probably i'll just bring us into the first topic so opening thoughts uh um try to keep it like under two minutes so we can get everybody <laughs> drew opening thoughts um halloween six so um i can't talk about this movie without actually having to state again i had to watch three movies 
just to discuss this one. And, you know, starting off with Halloween 4, which is more or less a straightforward sequel, it's not great, but, you know, it's tolerable. Then you get into Halloween 5, the less said, probably the better. And then there's this movie. And I'm going to try and say this delicately opening up because I have friends who love this movie. This is their favorite Halloween movie. And I get, I get why this is a fascinating film to a lot of people because there are three different versions of it floating around because it's so weird and unhinged. And of course, because it is the last film appearance of Donald Pleasance, I get all those things. But good God, this movie is a train wreck and I just hate it. Like, I, I really do not like this movie. I hate the idea of the Thorn cult like I, I, I hate it. It does one of the one of my pet peeves is, of course, about anybody who listens to this podcast knows one of my pet peeves about horror films is when they feel the need to just explain everything that is supposed to be mysterious. And no matter what version of this movie you watch, this movie has gobs of that. So I just hate this movie and by proxy i kind of hate the whole trilogy even though four i will admit four was a lot better than i remembered i i credit where credit's due but uh uh i just uh, thinking about this movie makes my teeth grind all right all right so we are off to a start i have to say um and i and i think that's that's fair and i don't even know how far afield the other people are going to go tony uh do you have anything better to say about halloween six <laughs> not really I see I kind of I kind of think if you're going to try to do something different, you know, not as radically different as part 3 of course. Maybe the cult thing could have worked. It's an interesting idea, but man oh man, does it not work at all in this. <laughs> and Paul Rudd's character I just so many choices and so many weird choices. Yeah. Like yeah, he's truly. creepy why the girl would even think about leaving you know don't leave your kid with this guy ever please oh please it's just all of it the kind of weird 90s computer stuff all of it is so like i still hold that my idea of the scooby-doo ending where they take off michael myers mask and it relates to the oscar myers haddonfield bologna factory and he's trying to scare everyone away from it would have been a better ending than what we got here poor donald pleasance this is the last thing he did uh you know orson wells can feel fine that transformers the movie was his last thing if you're gonna compare it to this i actually like i, I actually did like movie. this better than than transformers the movie just to oh say no, no no why no no <laughs> That's. I mean, you're entirely questionable. I think, I, I think this is an absurd. Uh, like, anyway, but like as far as final, you know, actors with that bear weight and you know have gravity to their acting, <laughs> this being this being your swan song, I yeah. you know let's all let's all pour one out for Donald Pleasance who. They decided they didn't want to, he either decided he didn't want to wear prosthetics or they decided they didn't have the money. Yeah. And they yeah. just Skin give it like, man, I, you know, plastic surgery guys. I just, that uh, plastic surgery line is not in the theatrical cut. Remarkably. Just, really? uh, just, I only you know, saw the it's like, he doesn't have the scars anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just I, I, I love somebody that. decided one way or another that that's how it's going to be. And, but, Oh, 
it's just such a mess of a movie just oh i don't know all right uh julia what what about you? I mean, what what are your what are your thoughts? You watched this movie twice in the last like three days. Oh my so. god! Two different versions. Two different versions. Um, so last time you were still said... married after that. <laughs> yeah. last, I nearly got to watch it again today. That if you guys, you know, that you guys um, set the bar, you know, low enough that I actually was, you know, pleasantly surprised by the film being better than I expected it to be because the expectations were slow so low that is not the case this time this time <laughs> the expectations were not set low enough i'm afraid <laughs> like this movie both versions were just atrocious and i'm not going to i have decided for the purposes of this podcast that paul steven rudd is not the same person as the paul rudd that we've all come to know and love because if he were i could not have enjoyed any of the films of his as much as i've enjoyed them well i don't know not, because clearly this is not a he, good actor at all yeah very, clearly very, he got very, the, very the mark of thorn because he has not aged so <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. he has not aged at all that's a good yeah. point <laughs> Oh man! Right. I think I think they should have Michael Myers in the next Ant Man movie. I think yeah. that. Oh, that, nice. That's, yeah. that's or if he just you know if he just went trick or treating with his kid and wore them and he and he's wearing a Michael Myers mask. That would be awesome. That'd be that pretty is good. a wonderful idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, David. Uh, I, I can you shed any light here in your in your opening thoughts? I mean, I mean, yeah. how could we all be this disappointed in this film? Why, why, why did this happen? Well, a lot of it has to do, obviously, with the script and some harebrained ideas. But I think a lot of it just is very, very bad acting. Mm. No one in this film behaves or talks like human beings. I have, I have heard better line deliveries in dubbed Jallo films. This is like <laughs> this is exactly. Terrible. This, this, whole God, yeah, the whole business of, them, of everybody delivering lines like this for some reason yeah. it's a horror <laughs> movie so we must talk like this uh, i'm just like was, oh my god you have yeah, got to stop so right now and then and then just like the the actual people um you know the and obviously this is the writing but the the reactions of people and the things that they do a, a perfect example is the mother uh Michael Myers is in the house. She runs outside. Um, she pulls aside like some some like laundry and yeah. sees the, the the fence. And she seems confused about geography of her own yard. Yes. And for no particular reason, she falls down and her glasses fall onto the dirt and are broken. Like there's yes. just in, just insane, stupid thing after insane, stupid thing that strains credulity and makes you not root for the people who are being killed and not feel for them at all. Um, and then th there are just other things like key to this. And we're all kind of like pussyfooting around this, but key to the, this entire, to the plot of this film is the notion that, that this cult somehow got Michael Myers who had never had sex with anyone to have sex with his niece, like a yeah. killer who clearly does not have any kind of sexual impulse at all, who yeah. is just a, I mean, just a mindless shape who goes around slaughtering people. They got him to have sexual intercourse with a 16 year old girl to, to bear a child so that he could sacrifice it as the last sacrifice. But you know, that life. would have been true. The funny thing is, it would have been the last of his bloodline either way. Like, yeah, in he other could words, have just killed her, and that would have been the end of the... Or he could have just killed the baby. I mean, you know, let's assume that, that, that Michael wants to slaughter his whole bloodline. If his niece has a baby, he needs to kill that. Let's assume for a moment that, that that's the plot. 
the baby would be his bloodline, whether he had sired it or not. And that siring. Is oh, yes, only yes. In I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, huh? it, that is totally weird. It's a the siring. Is also, poor, like, to see the Jamie character go through all of these movies and to be so unceremoniously written out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, even though I'm not a biggest, the biggest fan of the two preceding movies, fuck you, yeah, you know, screenwriters. Yeah, no, yeah. and it was really horrible. And you know, we'll get into it. But the fact that the the actress who played Jamie in four and five emancipated herself legally from her parents to be able to be in this film, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna pay you like a thousand bucks for like a couple of days' work." And, and she's like, "Wait, what?" And so they went with a different actress i'm sure she breathed a sigh of relief afterwards like i saved myself from a big stinker that's a horrible thing and there's this in 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 the in the producer's cut as she's laying there getting ready to be raped by her uncle she's all oh michael don't hurt me and like what the fuck oh my god it's just such that like only only a, a a bunch of like idiot guys in a room could be like, whoa, what can we do? Let's have, you know, Michael Myers, you know, be, you know, ritually rape his niece so they could have a child. And oh, it's, just, it's just a really disgusting film on so many different levels. And the, fu- uh, the funny thing is that that plot point slips out of this film so neatly that it's almost as if the film itself thinks that's too gross to actually be part of the film you know that that yeah yeah they don't like what does that say about mustafa mustafa akkad because it's not in the director's cut apparently you can't see the director's cut it it it, you know it's unless you buy a bootleg but it's not in the theatrical and apparently it's not in the director's cut it's only in the producer's cut so i think titillation is something that 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 he probably thinks is money. I don't get the impression about Mustafa Akkad that he has any like, and I mean no disrespect to him at all, but I don't get the impression that he gives a rat's ass about like the meaning of anything. <laughs> Guys, I think I think that I think that in the theatrical cut, it's pretty clear. I mean, that no one says it, but it's pretty clear in the theatrical cut that we're supposed to believe that it's Michael's kid. I mean, I, really? I, I I'm not going to disagree with you. It, it makes just, sense I had never, I never, because I never, you have. You have Loomis say, "Didn't you? Don't you wonder why he's so obsessed with your, with you and your kid, or whatever?" But I, it didn't occur to me that it was because it was his kid. That honestly did not occur to me because we watched that version first, um, and and then the other movie, I was like, "Wait, what?" So yeah. I think I think they do a poor job if that's what they're trying to convey. But it does make sense when when you consider that comment. But you're exactly right. Going, that it's a big betrayal of the character of Michael Myers, as we uh, as we. As we've come to understand that character. So the second top is going to be who is Michael Myers in this. But the first question I have, and that'll lead into that, is which version of this movie should somebody watch if they're going to watch Halloween 6? And and let me preface by saying none, we had a really wonderful... <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 3. Right. Or, yes! Uh, Hellraiser 1 and 2. <laughs> or uh, any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies 1, 2, or 3. You can always do what I do. You can always do what I do. Or trick or treat eighty six. I'm gonna every time I'm gonna talk about that. I I I skip over these movies and go right back to Jamie Lee Curtis and pretend the franchise ended. That's what I always do. Or or pretend it continues now that we're gonna see the new one. Well, luckily, luckily with the new movie, you can just watch the new one and everything. It goes uh, away. This is 
the continuity of the Halloween movies is uh, is fascinating. That could almost be an entire. It is uh, fascinating. I don't find it particularly difficult, but it is fascinating. Yeah, it is. Fascinating. Fascinating. How, how would this film have been different if Peter Jackson had directed it? He was act, asked to direct it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Would it have been any better? Because really, the script is the problem. No, it would have been goofier. No, I mean yeah. Peter Jackson's style at this time was extremely broad and slapsticky and gory. So it would have been it would have been I'm just assuming that he would have done pretty much what he was already doing and and that it would be a kind of But a he was crazy... just a couple of years away from Heavenly Creatures and the idea of Heavenly Creatures uh, era Peter Jackson doing doing a Halloween movie is intriguing to me. I would no, I would be down with that. Well, you know, he... Scott Spiegel um was originally approached to uh to do a rewrite for a script that they had laying around that had Michael Myers as like a homeless man and I, I think that would have been kind of interesting instead of all this. Well, that's basically stuff. the Rob Zombie. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I'm sure that he completely stole that idea. Zombie <laughs> yeah. sort of mountain, you know, bearded mountain cracker with his, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. who could, yeah. Which, Which I really dug. I to be honest with you, watch. I really dug that. Which version of this to watch? I guess the producer's cut because it, it, it makes a little bit more linear sense. And does it have all that weird flash uh, yeah. editing going on? That's yeah, all like, that, you know. less likely to give you a seizure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't. I, I'm with Julia, kind of like I hate that. Like, just don't. You know, like. <laughs> Also, the producer's cut doesn't have the the narration at the beginning by Paul Rudd, which is just painful to listen to. Painful. The voiceover is by is by uh, Donald Pleasance instead, which is so much nicer. Why Why would you ever have like twenty one year old Paul Rudd as your narrator when you could have Donald Pleasant, yeah. who has one I of the all time great speak? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I I get the impression that they just thought the that pain. Donald Pleasant, that sorry, that Paul Rudd was just a it that that you know they told like there's some lines of dialogue just, just imagine if you will some lines of dialogue in here where they say boy in a scale to one to ten he's strange to a 13 and they go hey paul show us some of that and he goes well maybe i'll talk with kind of a southern accent and then you know and he sort of stares all the time and, and he's just really method and they're what? like oh you're That's... killing us paul you're killing us oh, why do some of the narration that accent though he's from illinois no i don't know I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, he comes on like like a like a sort of sedated Colonel Sanders in this. It's really <laughs> strange this accent. Like, and the whole thing is like they it's like they don't know what they wanted to do with this character. So he starts off being kind of like this creepy guy yeah. who is clearly like like been traumatized and is obsessing over Michael Myers. And so if they had done something with that and like may, maybe, you know, in the end, uh, there, the twist was that he wants to take the mark of Thorne, that he like, you know, but oh yeah, be this weird, creepy kind of guy. And then for them to want to like turn him into the hero of the piece, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it made no, absolutely no sense. It's normal by the end. He turns out to be Tommy and then who was the kid that, uh, that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting apparently in the beginning in the first yeah. movie. Um, and so now suddenly you're like oh okay so 
so he's okay. I don't know why, just because we suddenly know he was a child ever. He suddenly yeah. seems okay. And so, uh, but yeah, it was such a weird evolution for his character. Meanwhile, you have Mrs. Blankenship, the landlady, who I was like, from the beginning, going, oh, she's part of the cult, for sure. Yeah, she's, there's something <laughs> evil about her. But you know, the, the worst, the worst people, I mean, the whole Strode family is just a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. Um, they are. And, yeah, and and like the, all of that is like just like really cheap. Oh, the interactions are ridiculous. It's like so over the top. I mean, it makes. Okay, but before it, you get to that, I do want to get to that. So hold okay. that thought. But I just I, I wanted to answer first the question of which version. So I think everybody's kind of agreed. Producers none. cut. Well, yeah. none, none, or the producers. If you cut. have to watch one, the producers. Yeah. If you're gonna, my, if you, my, somebody's gonna, if somebody's gonna tie you up and stick you in your in the basement and make you yeah. listen to our podcast and also while the watch washing machine Halloween is going stick. on and on and on. Let me just say, we watched this movie in the movie theater in 1995, and uh, Julia literally has no memory of seeing it. None. That's why you're married. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think my 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 ability to just forget things that are not pleasant is probably why we're married. I mean, isn't that too. astonishing? Jamie <laughs> in the in the theatrical version, which I believe is far worse. It is badly edited. It's really strange. Yeah. I mean, it brings out the worst in all the bad performances. Um, which and I feel like the the producers cut by giving alternate takes for a lot of stuff and having the scenes take a little longer. It, it almost makes up in a lot of performances. For, it tells a sort of more coherent story and so forth. But the death of Jamie, by gum, slaughtered on a corn thresher thing uh, in, in the beginning, that's really, really astonishingly rough, especially when you consider it was part of the reshoots. In other words, yeah. after this movie was completed, after Donald Pleasance is dead, they go, or dying, I mean, not coming back, they go, we need some reshoots for one thing. Let's stick Jamie on a corn thresher. That's what, you know, they, they basically just amp up all the violence and they also cut the scenes short. And they also added, like you mentioned, the weird lens flare scene changes, which is just super yeah. strange. Um, so, all right. Uh, what, one question that I that I wanted to ask about this movie is um, Michael Myers. It's called The Curse of Michael Myers. These three movies are the three that get subtitles that indicate that they go together. It's revenge. What is it? Return, Revenge, and Curse of Michael Myers. What is Michael Myers in this movie, and and how is that different from the the character as originally? He, he, is, he's, he is not only immortal in this film, which he obviously is, because he electrocutes someone with a metal uh, implement and doesn't get electrocuted himself. He is also magical because, like, magical outside of himself, because he's able to run the the washing machine when the power when the electricity oh, yeah. is out in the house. So he's clearly way supernatural now, except for the fact that he does apparently feel a little bit of pain when when Jamie whacks him in the in the arm with a poker. With so he feels today. pain sometimes when it's convenient, I guess. Yeah. All the yeah. cool ambiguity in the the first two Halloween, particularly the first Halloween, yeah. um, about this character is now gone. And what's funny is Jason Voorhees starts out as a character being influenced by Michael Myers. Uh-huh. 
um but with like an ec comics kind of gloss over it without so it's it's much much more fun and trashy and less cerebral and now we're like in the late 80s and and then the early 90s with these movies and we're getting a version of michael myers that is now influenced by friday the 13th movies only these movies are not yeah (laughs) they're not trashy well like the, the thing is about the friday the 13th movies is they're fun like yeah. even when they're stupid they're fun and they're kind of trashy so you can laugh at the trashiness of it you know there's enough money pumped into this movie that it doesn't have that and it doesn't have the cool makeup effects that, right. that the friday the 13th movies have like it's a very michael michael myers is not a cool looking movie monster i say this all the time on social media and you know i get lots of eye rolls but he's not he's just a guy in a william shatner mask so like you're not even giving that so what he is without getting into what's going on in the movie is this appears to be a halloween movie that is now being influenced by friday the 13th movies which would you even say friday the 13th or to me michael myers in this film i it's less friday the 13th and more like wacko raiders of the lost ark ripoff kind of stuff because (laughs) there's there's a lot of 80s stuff like like stuff hold over from other movies i mean because there's like torches and druids and and constellations well the the druid things and all the constellation things that to me almost seems like they they wanted to infuse some of the halloween 3 energy but then they forget that a lot of people didn't like i love halloween 3 but a lot of people no me too i'm down and also like and also also, like Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby and stuff like that, where they're just yes. from. Yeah, so, it's, it's so funny. Like but what I was talking about last time, I don't think it's just Friday the 13th. I think, again, they've decided, well, there's all of these slasher movies. Let's just kind of throw it all in the kitchen sink in a bowl and see what works. Or like, we here's what kids like, <laughs> you know? It feels yeah. very by committee, you know. Yeah, no. Here's what. Here's what every. Here's what's going on in slasher movies right now. And the thing is, they're not even figuring this out like ahead of time, Tony. No, they're no, like no, no. Sitting this around is... on the set, <laughs> hang, like gathered around the director's chair, going, "Oh fuck! So what do we do? Oh, okay. What are the kids like? All right. Um, here, try this out, actors. And they're just like just on the fly making stuff. Well, but the so the sad. weird thing is. The stuff that's most like the uh, the the Michael Myers of the original movie. It's so it's so bizarre to think of the Michael Myers of the original movie. The stuff that's frankly most like it is uh, him chasing around the mom, Kim Darby. Even if yeah. all the if all the action is dumb and 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 sort of really strains credulity. When you think of like how clever it was having. Um, having uh, you know Laurie running out in the street and yelling and nobody will listen to her and all that all that great action that goes on in the last like 40 minutes tops of Halloween 1 um this is a far cry from that but still it's Michael Myers just sort of haunting somebody in a house and trying yeah. to kill him and that's the that, closest thing that comes to you. that bothers me is that in this film he really doesn't like maybe with her a little bit but with every other person that he goes after, he just pops up and slashes them. There's yeah. no haunting. There's no spooking. There's no appearing. Like, you know, we will see him occasionally outside a window, but the people, well, and the little kid does too. 
yeah. but the people don't see like the grown-ups don't see him and kind of go oh crap i got to run away from this guy they just get killed like immediately yeah. and that yeah. really bothered me it just felt kind of like it didn't feel not the kind of all. stuff that he does yeah it's not yeah, it well, the, the, the other thing that bug, bugs me about this one and in the preceding one is it's like they didn't have the faith that Michael Myers could be creepy. Yeah. So they had to put in all this stuff, particularly like the man in black character that keep <laughs> the heavy having to cut to that. And there's like, Oh, this guy's creepy. Forget Michael Myers, even though he's what you're paying to see this new guy, he's the creepy thing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want... psychologist dressed up in black. He's yeah. fucking scary. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you know, so you know what the original plan was, right? The original plan, um, when uh, the screenwriter was writing this, he wanted Christopher Lee to play the part of Dr. Wynn. Oh, that would have been interesting. It would have been interesting, but but, uh, not not that it matters particularly, but the final unmasking of the man in black as Dr. Wynn would be a little bit less suspenseful if Dr. Wynn were played by Christopher Lee. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, shit, this is (laughs) the man in black. The first time he shows up, you're like, that guy. Um, Wynn is played by Mitchell Ryan. One thing that I think is really, really cool about Mitchell Ryan, this is a guy who was in the first, I mean, the very first episode of Dark Shadows and was on that show for like a hundred episodes. He was like one of the original main characters of Dark Shadows before Barnabas Collins. Like, you know, so he's he he's a, a veteran from back when it was just a gothic soap opera about dark secrets and 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 yada yada. And he was sort of a reliable sort of chisel chinned dude who could show up as, you know, a general or you know, he was Will Riker's father on Star Trek. He was just sort of a reliable guy. Oh yeah. Um and you know, and so to some extent when he shows up here, you still have the thing where, eh, I don't like the looks of that guy. He's he's probably a bad dude. But um the the other thing I was gonna say about that Michael Myers character is uh I, I want to think about this for a second. The the other weird thing here in Halloween six is that Michael Myers seems to have a uh, I'm not being sarcastic. He seems to have a job working yeah. for this no, cult. Which is so unlikely. Like, why is he not just killing everybody? Well, well yeah, and that, that, that makes him just... seem so much less frightening. Yeah. Yeah. He's not and the producer's version. Yeah, the producer's he... version where everybody's standing around and he's just, he walks in and he's looking at everybody. Why yeah, he is he in. not just immediately yeah. slaughtering everybody? That is I don't the know. one thing that I actually prefer about the other, about the theatrical release is uh, it yeah. makes so much more sense that he just goes goes nuts and kills all the people oh, in the hospital true. because yeah, that's right. what he yeah, does. Everybody. Why would he stand there and, and like just obey? And, and allow and, himself to be, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. there's way too much, too many scenes of my my. The problem with the Michael Myers character design, and again, yeah. everybody rolls their eyes. Um, it doesn't work in direct light. Like the more yeah. lit totally. that you, <laughs> the more you see of Michael Myers, the more he just looks like a dude in a William Shatner mask. Yeah. When he is in, when he the sort of stuff that 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 Julia was just talking about, where they have him in a house and it's dark. And all, you don't really see the fact that he's wearing this just like store-bought jumpsuit. And you basically just see this white ghostly head floating yeah. around that doesn't really look like William Shatner at that point. It doesn't really look like anybody. You know, that's fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But, 
But when you put him in in light, which they have a lot of in this movie, he's yeah. just a dude in a William Shatner mask. Yeah, he's it not loses, scary. It, it doesn't yeah. have it doesn't have that that sort of power. And in this in this producer's cut, which really truly, I, it, it's almost like it's like fanfic in a sense it's like hey what if i wrote a story about a sort of a super cult that wants to do some stuff with some satanic power and what if michael myers is their enforcer because he is their enforcer he's like wilford brimley in the firm he's basically just this guy you know who is part of their he's reduced to to this the thing is like it doesn't make any sense so like Michael Myers it is, is very fanfic. You're, you, you, you're right about that to manipulate or create. So, like, if you're going to do the, the the Rosemary Baby kind of plot, is because you want this demonic presence to take over a person and like rule or lay yeah. waste to the planet or something. You don't like bring a demonic presence into somebody so they can go around like killing their family and then pass the curse <laughs> on to somebody else. It's like, like it's just so idiotic, clearly yeah. just made up on the fly uh, without any kind of internal logic, much less like external logic. And every new explanation that they pile on in the producer's cut is just, it just makes <laughs> make you go, what, what? Well, and like, then, I, so, but it's so got to... such a cool GeoCity site that he's made to explain the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> with the floating Explain thorn the, yeah the thorn and the, the alignment there. of the stars there's a point oh. when paul rudd yeah. actually freezes michael using rune magic by arranging runes on the yeah. ground and then saying instead of instead of say, pronouncing it correctly saying sam hain instead sam of hain. <laughs> yeah because of bad. course you you activate celtic uh, ruins by mispronouncing mispronouncing <laughs> halloween mispronouncing now, halloween if, like and i had lost all respect for him because he was really studying Cel- he would know to say sawin and that yeah he would well, yeah i, 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 I think to be honest whole... that's how i thought that's what i thought the band name was until i knew differently but yeah, if you're right. gonna study it, right? Yeah, no, like, exactly. Like, I mean, just like some like regular random person, but he's like apparently no, no. like pouring his exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, no, I, yeah, he, he he can stop Michael Myers. He's super super powerful, apparently. And by the way, um, how is it that this rune uh, magically appears on people, like the tattoo or whatever? Because the yeah. the Loomis suddenly, uh, it's like it's like that. What were we talking about? The film where the um, devil is. It, did you say it was called Fallen or something? It's called where the devil Fallen. hops from person yeah. to person. Yeah. Anyway, this was the case here. I guess is like that. Whatever possesses the man in black just hops to whoever he decides it should go to when he dies, and that, then I they guess. get the magical sword It would have made a lot more sense when they knocked uh-huh. him out in the office for him to say, "Okay, boys, go get me the tattoo machine. Let's lay. Let's yes. Let's put some ink on this motherfucker." Yeah, maybe maybe Michael is the art is the tattoo artist as well. I mean, he could that would have been awesome. He, so, he, he, he pulls <laughs> up his he, he rolls. <laughs> that's what he know, makes money so, between so the I, alignment of the constellation, dude. He's a tattoo artist, and then you yeah. just wait for the alignment of the constellation. I mean, according to this, it looks like they just ha- the cult just has him do odd jobs between alignments. Like absolutely, might, you know, that uh, explains his outfit. It makes I no guess. sense at all that he would be both crucial and like key to their religion but also a functionary in other words if he's key to their religion he should be sitting on a goddamn throne you know he should be like occupying you know this this it's just it may it's totally bizarre now i just want to mention really quickly and then i want to return back to the family as david was pointing out but i want to mention really quickly one of the reasons why this script is so bonkers is that number five 
they the the producer at the end, or maybe it's the director. Anyway, um, the the person with creative control towards the end of the filming of number five decided, hey, I'd like to juice things a little bit. I'm going to add this man in black character, but I don't really know what it means. You know, whatever. We'll figure it out later. And then so number six, rather than just say, we don't know either. We're just going back to hunting babysitters. They were like, hey, you got to creatively figure out what was the deal with the man in black. So that's what you're looking at. You're looking at somebody trying to figure out why would there be a a dude with silver on his on his cowboy boots who is here to kidnap, you know, or spring Michael Myers, whatever. This is an attempt at at fixing all that stuff. And you're looking also between these two versions because the theatrical one, remember the producer's one comes first, just doesn't come out. The theatrical one, the studio looks at it and goes, oh, for heaven's sake, this doesn't make any sense. Shoot some new radical uh, uh, graphic violence, cut as much plot as you can, and let's just try and make it so that people don't have to have watched anything else. So that's, and that explains the complete, complete, failure of the theatrical version because you watch it and you go i have no idea what the heck is going on it would have made well, just as much sense if it would have been just johnny cash following him around and just singing <laughs> the ballad of michael myers that would have been awesome <laughs> so um, before you get into the family yeah i had a thought about the paul paul rudd character yeah and the way he behaves and the intensity that he starts out with maybe because they all they set this up for sequels that we never saw because they they wisely set the reset button after this one and and just said back 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 the formula let's let's we don't we don't like this let's let's bring jamie lee curtis back um it seemed to me that maybe there they were wanting like a new loomis character because loomis is always kind of really intense and kind of crazy um and you know maybe they felt like they needed like a young version of that and then when they got it got in a little further into it they're like oh we got this charismatic young guy why are we trying to make him donald pleasance jr and that's why by the end of the movie he's he's kind of bottomed out on the weirdness well certainly solid solid job on loomis in five he's just (laughs) fucking terrible so yeah yeah loomis loses the plot too then if you're gonna have this person why make none of the choices i mean spying on women across the way with his camera and yeah like uh, all of the things just make him a super creep. Loomis was driven, but he wasn't a super creep. Right. To the extent that Loomis is a uh, creep in number five, it's because the script is requiring Loomis to push the plot along and they need to make some big leaps. So although I will say it's super creepy that he just shows up in people's houses and puts his hands <laughs> on their shoulders. Like that was super weird. Because she's that is... just like uh the mom is just freaked out and and nervous and then suddenly loomis like puts his hand on her shoulder and she's like what's he's up he's literally in the house go, who are you why are you in my house she's just like well oh you know you need to i forget, I forget what he's telling her but yeah. like <laughs> that's really creepy <laughs> do you not know that you're living in michael myers house and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah he's like you need to yeah. get out of this house because this is where and so that that actually does. so this okay this <laughs> yeah why not knock on the fucking door oh because we need a jump scare Okay. By this yeah, point, though, right. he's just like, I'm a Loomis. This is what a Loomis does. Yeah. Yes. No, but at the same time, this is producer stuff, too. guys. Uh, if oh, man, and uh, and and like you know, I haven't haven't ever had a, I've never had a script actually filmed, but I've written a bunch of spec scripts and and like scripts for the 
TV series we're trying to get off the ground. And I'm, you always get these notes from uh, producers like, there's not, there's nothing scary on this page. There, there, there should be a jump scare or something on every page. And you're like, what? No, yeah. there should not be a fucking jump scare on every page. That means every minute would have something scary. Are you out <laughs> of your fucking mind? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a mindless rule. It's just a, such a completely <laughs> mindless rule. <laughs> another, another script that's just called jump scare. <laughs> and it's just like cats coming out of closets. This is the sequel to the. This is a sequel is to not, the rooftop shit. one. Tony, add it to the list of Jump Shark Productions because yeah. there should be a movie called Jump Scare. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Jump Scare it's just all like, like Andy Samberg thing movie. falling into a That's... thing, and a thing falls out of a closet, and the and lots of music is... going. Dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah, there's uh, there's, there's LEDs a... that are in the doghouse, but it ends up it's just. Somebody put that there, and then the dog comes out. Oh, shoo! It's just Dude, the dog. Tony, no, nothing, none of these jump scares even come close to that movie Terrified where you keep hearing the thud, 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 and the guy goes oh, into man. the bathroom and he walks so into the bathroom. And what you see in the bathroom, that's not a jump scare. That's just like, oh my fucking God. What the? Yeah, no, no, we should <laughs> not talk because we, we, we need to cover that movie. I know. Yeah. You guys do not. Do not no, don't no, tell I'm, me I'm trying to say it's like that sort of thing is so much more effective than. Like these cheap jump scares where it's just some random person putting their hand on something. It's like it's oh god, I just hate it so much. They did that but twice. It's, well, it's what producers think. Producers think that's what people want, and so they they push for it. It's ridiculous. And this, if there is a, um, this is a textbook example of producers over interfering. Because when you read like all, about all these different iterations of the script and all the different things that that the screenwriter um, wanted to do and how it got all winnowed away and and diluted to what we got, it's kind of. Oh, the thing is, is like. I have very little doubt in my mind that the the screenwriter of this movie is a big fan of the Halloween franchise. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. There's, there's obviously a lot of, like, the fact that he did bring back the Tommy Doyle character. You know, the fact that he did try this tie it back into, like, the Strode family. Mm-hmm. And you get a better look at Haddonfield, I think, in this movie than in a lot of the other films. In he, some created, ways. he created a huge, like, a huge binder he had he had like mapped out timelines and created family trees and he had all this interconnected and he, so that when he went in you know trying to get the job he he had like f- figured out all of these like f- like really recondite kinds of things that he yeah. was trying to to sell them and, and they were like oh we just want scary shit <laughs> Well, but the thing is, the thing is about that, though, Jason said, you know, that it has kind of a fan fiction vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it does. Like, it reminded me, okay, this is another movie that was kind of a mess, but it reminded me when the when the trailers for Suicide Squad first dropped. Oh, and there was all these like crazy theories about who the Joker was, as if being the Joker wasn't enough. Yeah. And so you started getting all these like, oh, the Joker's actually dick grayson oh the joker's actually you know the, the you start and and to uh, me i was like you know those to me are like a, the, the epitome of like a fanfic kind of yeah. idea and this is this has got a lot of that in there you know like because like sometimes you can like something to a point to where you're maybe a little too close to it and you're not being really objective with your decision making. Well, again, you know, bringing that up about how the how the interference is, you know, I go back like 
I mean, I've been part of things that got changed enough games and scripts and yeah. strange decisions, you know, uh, <laughs> in media. Jason and I both have. In fact, we've been part of many of those together. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it is a shame when you have somebody who's got, you know, a certain vision and it gets because, again, nobody nobody's really out to make something bad. Like, I'm just going to make this bad. It's, it's rare anyway. Yeah. So it does suck when you get a movie that we all hate as much as this. When there's got to, there's people who are putting their all into it, right? They're doing the best they can with the, the part of the thing that they were given to do. And again, I've been part of this many times, like, and just the sum of its parts ends up like this. It's disheartening. I mean, you know, if the screenwriter had all of that. He listened to this. I'd feel super sad because I can empathize. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but man, but either way though, the the problem is the consumer doesn't you know care and shouldn't have to you know and yeah. so when you get something like this it's just such a mess that man it it feels that way this design by committee thing that just that almost always kills it i, I mean it's notice it's telling strange. that we watched the producers cut right yes. <laughs> like how often how often have you seen that too where it's the producers of blah Rare. like wait what about the creators the writers the director that's who i kind of made this thing why do i care well from the producers of i mean the producer role is important yeah but you know we're fashioned to believe that the director and the writer and you know the actors in that are the ones creating the thing yeah so it's always weird to me when you when you see that line that can go a lot of different ways well, so and, and it means that we're getting competing creative visions, but not the one that we probably would like to see the most, which is oh, sure. I really like to see the director's version. We've seen the studio theatrical version. Now we've seen the producer's version, which frankly, I think is a little bit better and it takes more time. And that's nice, you know, because when you when you really think about it, what's the big difference between them? It's that most of the plot exposition scenes in the theatrical version, the plot exposition scenes were cut and in exchange for bizarre graphic violence, which is mm. fine. I got no objection to graphic violence, but that's the trade. So I'd rather the producers cut, but you're right. We're missing, we're missing another, another creative uh, uh, version, but having said which all that. It does exist. You know, yeah. the director's cut does exist. You just can't. I've never seen it. Is it, is it in You cannot legally obtain it. <laughs> right. Do you have a copy? Well, I, you know what? Just talk to me later. Let's talk. Why about would this. I, why would I, why would I have, why would I have a copy of a movie that I hate? No, he despises <laughs> it. <laughs> this is true. I'm, I, I cannot imagine how director's cut is going to make the shit in you better. I'm sorry. No, uh, well, and, no I think that's what's done. And because, one reason. Is the Why characters that? and yeah. the actors are like really, really bad. And so like when that's the material you have to work with, there's only so much that editing can do to to save performances and the rest of it is just like and again, you know, going back to where we were kind of headed, starting with the family. The yeah. dad is just the dad is horrible. awful. Yeah. So so who and, do we have in this family? You got you got you got uh these parents. I'm going to call him dad because I completely cannot remember. They're the Strodes, just mom and pop Strode. Yeah. 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 He is, you're you're right, Tony. He is just a, just a, actually he and honestly the, the older son are both written as these sort of broad, almost parodies of human beings. I don't completely get, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pretentious. I swear to God, I'm not, but these are jokes. These are not real people. You know, he's like, 
I don't know exactly what this guy's all about. Let's he's grumpy. get the hell off my lawn, you. He's, he's walking around in a in a bathrobe, and he's how like, did they, how did his family not know that they were like? He's that's not another doing insane a thing. Good living job in a for a while, hiding. and no one in that town has told them. You guys are like living in the house. Oh no, he knows. He knows. So, oh, so he knows. But so, I mean, the rest of them. Yeah, the, the deal is apparently. Um, uh, he is a, he's a part of the real estate family business of Strode's. That's the family, if you recall, that, that, uh, uh adopted Laurie, Jimmy Lee Curtis, um, yeah, Jimmy Lee Curtis. they, um, and they, I guess, bought the Myers house after the murders because the house was probably super cheap, but they haven't been able to sell it. So when, so one of the members of the family lives in it and that's our Mr. Strode here. And, uh, he is, Tim he's, Strode, right? yeah. And he's a dick, you know, and he's got his family there. He hasn't told them this is a murder house. The, oh the God. town, apparently this is the first, it's a little unclear. The script is a little fuzzy on this, but apparently <laughs> they haven't celebrated Halloween. I know <laughs> just in like six years <laughs> since 1989. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't celebrated Halloween since, uh, Halloween five. But uh, they are celebrated this year because we know it because kids are running around and trick-or-treating. So it's already <laughs> – and, and they're in their costumes in the morning. Well, no, she says it. She said the, the, the girl who calls in – I can't remember who calls in, but somebody calls into the radio station and says, we're taking Halloween back. Like we've decided right. that that's, it's time to move on and that's so we're going to have – we're celebrating it now. Yeah. 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 And she's actually honestly one of the best characters. It's just like <laughs> she She's is, like the yeah. one redeeming character in the whole thing. <laughs> Um, like her like, reactions except, to the, the, the dick, dick DJ wow. are oh. great, where he's all like beaming, making all these like sexist comments, and she just looks at him like, "You fucking bastard!" And, and oh, she's like, yeah. that, okay, that's the same girl who calls in. Okay, I didn't remember yes. who it was. She doesn't even dignify yeah, no, his. He was so with, sleazy that DJ. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that was like another '90s thing, though. It's yeah. like, yeah. like like Howard Stern but, was like big at that oh, time. Shot, well, Howard Stern was actually right. asked to be the character, but he didn't do it. Um, no, but, but he was, that, that was sense. another murder that would have been so much more satisfying if it had been built up to. Instead, yeah, no, he, he just, just gets, gets in the, the van and gets starts yeah. Like, he never even yeah. realizes what's happening. And then, I, well, I want to know this, and this is the only unrealistic thing in the whole film. How <laughs> does <laughs> how does Michael Myers manage to string this guy up into a tree at the festival without anybody noticing? That's the one thing that he, I can't The same find. way he makes the washing machine <laughs> run when the electricity is <laughs> The magic... Yeah. Born magic. I, I washing machine should have had a head in it. The, I just want to say, yeah, that is ridiculous. It did not have a head in it. And then yeah. why is it? Why is it got like bloody blankets? If later the mom pops out of the ceiling and she's wrapped in the no, that's the, blanket the blood is just to, to be gross. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I uh, know. Like, where but, did he? Okay, so yeah, it? Mr. Strode is a joke of a character. It makes no sense at all. This country's <laughs> yeah. going to nothing. My daughter's moved back. You're a, you, you know, you're a little bastard. Blah, blah blah. He's very abusive. You're just waiting for him to die. I don't know. You know, here's my question as a as a writer, and I mean this honestly, guys. If you are asked to write a character. Uh, if you're thinking, you know, I need to have a family character. Do you do this? Is this what you do? You make this character a broad caricature so everybody wants to see him die? No, Is there no. any benefit? I'm just trying to think if there's any no. reason why this I would be the right choice. I think they wanted to have some sort of family, like movie of the week family drama here. But like, I just... Uh, you know, yeah. and, you know. I hate to make this all about Jason versus Michael. Go crazy! But I, 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 I will. I will. I will. Go this. 
if these characters were in a Friday the 13th movie, they would be killed a lot quicker. Yeah. And their deaths would be so, so satisfying, especially the dad, because he would get it worse than anybody. Yeah, he'd get the, thorn, got the corn thresher. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And also, uh, Jason, so then Jason is better than Michael. Okay, just had to work that out. All right. That was, that was your point? Okay. You're going to get so much <laughs> so, controversy here. Yeah, yeah. I just so, wanted this. I just wanted to get everybody in on the same page about that. Yeah. So uh, everybody, how do you all, really feel though? Yeah. Exactly. Please I don't, don't know. hold back. So all the strodes, <laughs> all the strodes are basically like worthless, and they get killed off, and so whatever. Um, but the person that we're supposed to be like rooting for is Kara Strode, and she is yeah. like the worst mother ever. Same, same and like just a bad that, character I so I, I love the fact that first of all you know the paul rudd character is there with a baby in her son's room and he's yes. all like you're in danger come with me and she's like okay and they just go across the street to his house and yeah. then he's all like, asked, like where this baby came from or whose baby yeah, exactly. it is and then he's all like michael myers might show up at your house keep an eye on the house and then she starts like reading all the newspaper clippings and her son is looking out the window and he's like mom and she's like not now and the son doesn't go, you know, the guy you're fucking supposed to be looking for. He's like standing in front of the house that you would be told to watch. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, woman? It's just. Yes. It's- well, and here's the thing about them. Do you know that they had intended, which I think would have been really interesting because the kid, the kid is basically Danny Torrance from The Shining. <laughs> yeah. He keeps hearing, and his name is Danny. He keeps yeah, hearing yeah. the voice, which is- eventually we find out from the creepy la- landlady that is also what Michael Myers heard when he was a kid, is this voice Rit telling Tony. him to kill. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently, Danny was supposed to kill his, his mom. mom. He was supposed yeah. to kill Tara. Uh, and one of the, one of the endings bathroom. that was discarded in the script was that um, Loomis would find her dead and then find the baby with Danny all stained with blood and stuff like that. So that would have been... See, that would have been super dark, but it sure would have yeah. been more interesting Except than anything for the, that Also, happened. the problem is we already did that yeah, twice. Ago. A couple of movies ago, yeah. With the little yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah that's that didn't true. pan out. So they're like, yeah. Also a better movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Uh, so, but so... Here, here's something else about the, the Kara uh, Strayed character. So, you know, I was like really, really down on, on Marianne Hagen, the, the actress, and just like, what? It, like her stupid choices. And she just, she does, she's off all the time, whatever. But then I found out in the, um, there's that uh, documentary 25 years of terror a mm-hmm. halloween documentary and in it she talks about how um the weinsteins those lovely people let her know um well she found out that that they almost didn't cast her because like she was too skinny her boobs were too small her her chin was too pointy and so like have hearing all that when she was acting she kept like being really like self-conscious and like touching her chin a lot oh, no. and, oh and and so you know knowing these horrible comments from you know the the lovely feminist yeah. weinstein brothers um like um that really really impacted her her acting that's amazing and, yeah so. again <laughs> that's why <laughs> like the things where you nobody sets out to make this bad thing but holy yeah. crap I and mean, what are you supposed to do with that if you're that actress yeah no that, you, you can't uh, and and that, that's actually a real life version of what happens with the uh the sister character 
uh, well, the sorry, the friend, uh, the best friend character who has to just sort of grit her teeth when the shock jock says all these really demeaning uh, things about her, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's and, and you're looking at how that kind of thing would have been handled in the 90s is just literally to go to just inwardly without even saying it out loud, really, and then just continue because right. life is too short to try to confront any of these things was was the way it would be handled um another another unrealistic thing <laughs> yeah about this film, by the way is when they're talking to the shot got jaw guy and he goes okay we're gonna, when we come back we'll be at michael myers house and then he goes off and 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 he gets killed in the van which why why oh by the way why is that van because in the producer's cut i don't remember if it's the case of the theatrical one in the producer's cut they point out that the van that he gets into is from the asylum from the like yeah he, got, he gets in the wrong van he wants to get in the right so van. That, is that just where Michael lives? Does he just live in that van? And that's Michael where he's like, oh, lives hey, in a van. I got, yeah, I got the, the thorn people I got have prey. given him a van. They, it's one of those vans that's been, like, converted. It's got, like, a bed in the back. So the prey just, <laughs> come, the just comes to him. He's so lucky. And he happens to be get into well, – I mean, what bad luck for that guy that he gets into Mike, Michael Myers' van and then starts dissing Michael Myers. He's and then, of course, he gets killed right then. Well, Michael Myers so is then, a pussy, he says, right? You yeah, exactly. Michael Myers so then going, Michael Myers oh, okay. is like, wait a minute. I wasn't actually planning on killing anybody right now, but that's yeah, yeah. kind of going to work out yeah, just fine for look. me. If the murder bands are rocking, exactly. <laughs> no and then, so then, so then, the guy um, and his his girlfriend, the son of Strode, and his um, girlfriend come to back to his house, which is where Michael Snyder's house used to be. And they're like, oh, well, I guess the DJ's not showing up. Wouldn't the entire, like, everybody's there to see this guy at this festival. Wouldn't they all have rushed to that house and have right. been waiting? For, and especially like, since they're all listening to them. Why? But, but so no, they, yeah, and they're having sex. sex in the movie. Yeah. The sex scene is boring. Beth, yeah, though, again, this girl, Beth, this this character, the one dressed up like the Bride of Frankenstein, frankly, she's the most interesting girl in the whole movie. She actually should be the final girl. I, I'm sorry to say it, but she, but instead she is basically the PJ Souls character. Instead, she just sort of gets gets killed. I don't even remember how she gets killed, um, because I remember the the guy gets. I think she gets yeah, killed right in front of right in front of Kara. Kara yeah, yeah, looking she's looking through the window, going, "You need to get out of there. There's somebody behind right, you." And right, he's like right, stabbing right, her. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. Um, Kara, she's more memorable to me than Kara, but whatever. You know, uh, she she does perform the, the function of BJ Souls in, in the original. So fine. And also, this is the stuff where the movie's on its best footing. This is the stuff where we're most in a familiar Halloween film is, you know, Michael Myers killing people. It is kind of interesting that our final girl is in fact killing this people time for having sex. A single well, the final girl this time is a is a single is a single mom. That's kind of a neat thing. That's a cool twist. That's all right. But uh uh, very soon we are free from this point and the movie, if you're watching the producer's cut, the movie literally has about 10 minutes left because they get, uh, basically the, the kid gets stolen away to the hospital by the man in black who is revealed to also be Dr. Wynn. We go to the hospital to have, a, there, there's a big ritual that, that uh, Michael Myers is sort of standing around for and, you know, and, and, uh, let's see that there's a there's a rescue attempt but i mean that whole thing really takes literally like 10 or 12 minutes after the point where they lose the kid uh, in um you know after he gets kidnapped it's very strange in the theatrical cut that's like a whole like 30 minute segment because they reshoot 
the whole thing to add more action and a whole bunch of crazy deaths because as we all pointed out more logically is the way it goes in the theatrical cut which is that the michael myers suddenly realizes that he has no particular reason to stand around and take the orders of a bunch of weird cultist functionaries and so he slaughters them all um while they're in the middle of some kind of surgery the purpose of which i literally never quite understood but uh in the original uh no it 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 wraps up super quickly i want to point out something really wild um and and if you're on our facebook page you've already seen this but uh, the music, every time you see torches in this thing, every time it is a satanic scene, the music is Popol Vuh. It is, it is the, it is the reused, it is a sample from the title cut of the 1979 Nosferatu by the, by the prog rock band Popol Vuh. That is so cool. I, I think that was, that was really neat. That was a deep cut and I thought that was cool, uh, you know, for what that's worth. Of course, if you want to hear that, it's available, uh through amazon so you don't actually also, need to you could just watch nosferatu instead of this <laughs> we walked you through it you can just do the podcast and then go watch like a good movie <laughs> that used to get sampled a lot because i remember battlestar galactica used it once you know you know if once you hear it once you'll never you'll never forget it because that oh you know it's great stuff uh Gosh, I don't know. Do you guys want to get into all the things that go on in the in Act Three, which is in the underground of this? Well, and then it's, there's what, Michael what? Myers showing up as like, "Hey, I guess I'm hanging, watching you guys <laughs> do cult things. That's pretty cool. Uh, normally, I'm killing people, but uh, I'll hang in the back, so just watching. Yes, I'm the key to your religion, but I'm going to just stand over here." right now so yeah like it's ultra boring i hope uh you kill people soon i mean <laughs> I, that's that's the person i usually like to kill but if you guys want to do it i guess i'll watch in the back uh you guys got and, like, then, and, then, and then he's got like you've got an entire room full of full of psychos and killers and and cultists oh, yeah. but tommy doyle with his knife is going to save the day and manage to get everybody free and yeah. run out and then uh God. What happens then? Like he gets them out. Oh, they they get they get they run into a dead end, and that's when he does his rune magic. I think to get Michael. Yes. To oh, yeah, Michael. In the hallway. And then and then they find out that oh, man. It, thinking back, none of it just it so doesn't make any sense. Like no. well, the, in one the, version, the guy gets revealed, and then Donald Pleasance gets the rune for. Yeah, Maybe. magically appears on his on his on his forum. And how does Tommy even know? Like he's trying a code to get out of that place. Does he work there? Why does he think that code? Like, it doesn't work. work. It doesn't so work. Well, okay. Because he had yes. some computer skills. We made oh, a city uh, site. That's the way that, hacking works, right? Is he just like hacking? Hacking. Yeah, but but apparently, and I don't even know if this would be the case. I have no idea. But you know, uh, Donald Pleasance carries a gun, and the gun will open any door. You know, he, all he does is shoot the lock. Actually, to be honest with you, this is a common thing for Donald Pleasance's character. He shoots locks and it works. That's his, that is his mutant. Pa- if you were like, cre- his mutant power is shooting locks and they open. It is, this it, is why you know, he got so. chosen to be the bearer of the thorn mark. Right. So did they think, <laughs> like, like how did they think they were going to get several more sequels out of Donald yeah. Pleasance? No way. Like, no way. This, this man is the Walking like, Dead. When, it when seems you're looking... like this is a setup, though, for Donald Pleasance to be like the new it is. cult leader. No, you're totally right. You're, you're absolutely right. The, the character is being set up. Donald Pleasance is going to be the new cult leader, which makes no sense at all because he clearly doesn't want to. Right? But 
whatever. I mean, that could be interesting. But Donald Pleasance, the actor, is clearly very sick. You know, he has months to live. And, and, and that should have been... That should have been blatantly obvious to everybody. And bless his soul, I'm glad that he's doing a good job. He he clearly is quite vigorous, but he's sick. You he's know, the best. He's the best thing about this terrible, terrible movie. Absolutely, yeah. he's much like, better than he was in five. Oh yeah, yeah. and they yeah. made him a you know a better character than in five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's he's back to kind of just being the Loomis we expect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not a strange <laughs> ranting maniac. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know. And man, more power to him for giving it whatever he could. Yeah. I, I, that's a true actor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he made it clear. Donald Pleasant said several times that he, you know, these were inoffensive to him. He would keep doing these as long as they asked him to. You know, he was like, <laughs> because it's, you know, because it, to an extent, if you think about it, if this one's bad, the next one's good, ultimately it doesn't matter. All anybody's going to remember is, hey, Donald Pleasant's played this awesome character. I liked seeing him in it. Sure. There's going to be another one next year. I'll watch that one too. You know, the, there's a there's a comfort in a series where even where it can frankly sustain a bad one, you know, and so he was well, he was this, down doing it. This franchise needs a Loomis character because I mean that's yeah. once you got into what they did with it afterwards and actually what it kind of looks like they're doing in the new one, they sort of turned Laurie Strode into the Loomis character yeah it's certainly yeah. the character she plays in h2o i haven't seen and, the and it look the new one the new one from the trailers it looks very much more of of that where she's the new one that says outrageous things and yeah. you know it's to do badass stuff and you know like Man, I, I, I i'm so she's like linda hamilton like, in Terminator this movie i can't say anything i don't want to spoil anything but i'm like i mm, okay yeah I, I can't wait till everybody can see this movie because it's really like it <laughs> we, we intend to see it this week for what it's worth we, we, uh, do, we do intend to we will join it. you in in the in the in the glorious bask of of jamie lee curtis's screen forever the the greatest of, screen queenness of, mm-hmm. no, of not halloween six <laughs> of not yeah. halloween well yeah no matter what I, yeah no matter what i think about it i can't imagine like actually like you know ha- as much as I don't like the Rob Zombie ones, having revisited this, those got kind of a bump up. Yeah. Because <laughs> those at least have like some cool visual weird. They're still bad, but they have I don't even cool... I don't even know that they're bad. Like yeah. we like I think Jason and I are coming around to the idea that they're a little more that they're a little better and more subversive than we yeah. first gave them credit for it. I, I agree I, with you completely. I would I, say maybe. that they're certainly better than this trilogy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I I had never. <laughs> I I've. Which I, isn't um, saying much, I guess. I'm a huge fan of uh, of zombies, uh, music, and rejects. of the lords of uh, lords of Salem. Um, I was left sort of. Uh, just not all that interested in Halloween one. I recently saw Halloween two and I like the fever dream that it is. I, I think that that's really crazy, which is literally probably a more controversial thing to say than <laughs> anything I could say about Halloween six, because boy, people still like to get people up in the middle really of the night. They hate on Halloween two. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, people hate that film. Boy, we're talking, I, you know, having talking about the, the Rob zombie reboot, we're now on a movie that has a movie series that has three movies just called Halloween. <laughs> yes. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know how they call the, the new predator was the predator. And then like, yeah. the um, yeah. like they're always like, you know, 
Rambo or something like that. If they had called this the Halloween. Originally it was going to be called Halloween, Halloween returns, which is not a great title, but essentially they could call it Sam Hain. (laughs) I think they could have called it, should have called the new one. Halloween two, Halloween two, three. Halloween two three. That's a funny idea. That's a that's a great idea. Halloween uh, two that three. That sounds like this game that these friends of mine and I play at work, where you combine two sequels into a new movie, so it's got a thing. So it's Ghostbusters four, Ghost two. <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. You just combine it. two sequels together that makes a third movie. Yeah, that's pretty and, good. Uh, but you know, I mean, there there is something to be said for this because. Um, it, I think that the the directors and producers and writers all realized that no matter what the franchise is, when you go to buy the tickets, like it's the new Star Wars movie, you're like, I want tickets to Star Wars. You're not like, yeah, sure. can I get tickets to, um, you know, to The Last Jedi? People don't say that. Called, like, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, the Last Jedi. Okay. So, so I want yeah. tickets to Halloween. Halloween. Which Halloween? The one that's showing right now, motherfucker. That's... Showing, right, exactly. It's Halloween 2018. <laughs> it's just like if you're going to see your, your favorite band's current tour, it's the tour of this year. I mean, they do have names, right? But like, like, nobody really spiders. uses them except for right. the promotional yeah. materials. So, so here's a question. What is the best part of Halloween 6? Because I can tell you what I think the best part is. You know, what is the most functional thing to you of of, uh, of this movie? You can go in any order. Oh, I'm not going to say it's functional. I actually really thought, I was super impressed when um, they're in the weird cult thing where the, everybody, the cultists are all revealed inside of, of the house of... Um, of uh, it's not Michael Myers' house. It's actually Tommy's house, right? That they're in, or is it Michael yeah. Myers? No, it's in Tommy's house. Yeah, so they're in Tommy's house, and all the cultists show up, and they trap uh, Kara, and she's about to get killed, and she dives out that window. And I was yeah. like, that is an impressive ass stunt, because they, you see, whoever this female is, I don't even know, just ju- just jump through this plate glass window, all these shards of presumably, you know, some kind of glass that's safe, you know, sugar glass yeah. or whatever, but still, and then just dives out. I was like, that is a really impressive stunt. That actually really struck me. And I yeah. have to say that was, a, that was a really cool thing that I was um, impressed by. And that's probably the only thing. <laughs> is it, does anybody else movie. have a, have something you would throw out as, as the be- the thing that really works? I will give you, I'll give you what I think is the best thing and what I think is the stupidest thing. So the best thing is, that this was actually this is the only Halloween uh, film up to this point to be filmed in the fall, and so <laughs> the street scenes with the the leaves on oh, that it, it looks really true. beautiful. It's really really nice. Um, yeah. And then the stupidest thing is how Paul Rudd is able to listen to the recording of the of the call um, into the the show, and then he rewinds it on his um, and there's like this kind of glitchy. <laughs> And he rewinds the the reel and listens to it again. And this time, instead of being all glitchy, you can he- clearly hear the voice saying, um, "You know, train for or bus for whatever." Da 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 da. So right, that's that. That's the rune magic, David. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. The rune magic. Rewinds, <laughs> and because he's got the runes in the bag, it's a, this, <laughs> the, the the act of rewinding the tape clears up all of this. This is great. Is Can you imagine? He was really needed. And what was that John Travolta film um, where um, he's like listening That's to the tape? Blow up. Uh, yeah, blow out. Blow out. Sorry. Blow out. Yeah. yeah. So if this character, Tommy Doyle, 
had been there to help the John Travolta character with his rune bag, it would the film would have been light a lot shorter. It would have been yeah. clear. <laughs> your rune bag. Had you, you rune real, bag. I think that that is pretty much ripped off of. Uh, the Fugitive, which just came out like a couple of years earlier, where they figure out that they got to go to Chicago, Chicago because they can hear the the PA guy talking about merchandise. But he doesn't Mart. even like turn it up or uses like 1995 computer to like edit the no. sound or like any Absolutely. kind of like, and, bullshit. And because he's got he nobody just else, rewinds it and it it's clearer. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a hacker. Yeah, clearly, so he, I, he, he can use a computer. So. All the things you just hack the things, yeah. hack the planet. Like they don't even like, bother with it. It's it's just what's so sad. Yeah. So my favorite thing about this movie isn't actually a scene per se. It's just a visual image of the uh, the the Strode House with the the sign that the kids have put on it with Michael Michael Myers. Yes. And it's got all the fall leaves around it and, you know, the Halloween decorations and everything. And it's got this, they, they made this makeshift sign with a Michael Myers mask on it that says he's coming. And I think that that's a great image. And I yeah. think it, it, it actually kind of summarizes the franchise down to like its purest elements. And if there is one thing that I feel like is artful about this whole movie, it's that single image. Um, yeah. I I don't really have much else nice to say about this movie. <laughs> that's I think that's fair. I think I, I, that that is a that is really cool. Um, Tony, did you have anything that you would point out as work? What works for you here? I mean, I, much like this movie, to me, nothing's really memorable. Like yeah. I like I watched the producer's cut. And it's longer. I mean, Donald Pleasance has given it his all, and you know he's a professional. He's gonna be as awesome as you can be. And you know, whenever he's on screen, cool. We got more Donald Pleasance for this short period of time. But True. other than that, I mean, it's just such a you know mess. Just a yeah. weird, tangled mess that lots of people you know put their best work into, and yet here we are. I, I will say that I believe that the opening scenes with with uh, the Daniel Harris, it's not the Daniel Harris character anymore, Jamie, um, that's all pretty suspenseful to me. You know, where when from the moment when she escapes from the hospital and she's being chased, you know, and through the bus station and then into the, you know, different vehicles, out windows and then out to a barn. This is all a pretty pretty heavily like storyboarded moment to moment suspenseful sequence actually so I thought that... she's in the the station where when she's in the building where she stashes the baby yeah all of that stuff is actually pretty good yeah like Th that's a strong opening all really. that stuff is, is actually pretty good i How think nobody find off... that baby by the way before paul rudd there's tons of people in that bus terminal Magic. Yeah, the movie goes off the rails as soon as that scene is over this <laughs> yeah. is the yeah. <laughs> this is the best moment of the film and really as soon as it kills jamie uh, it all just sort of goes off the rails and interestingly enough in the producer's cut that doesn't even happen she gets stabbed she survives and then it doesn't matter she because gets, she gets shot, shot in the head by the man in black. <sighs> For heaven's sake. Oh, it's, it's God bless. Anyway, that opening sequence, I, I still think is, it works pretty well. Um, I have, I have come down on a lot of movies, a lot harder than this. And I've watched a lot of far worse films than this, but uh, whatever. No, you haven't. No, I, 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 I'm trying no. to think. No, I the naked vampire movie is better than this one, dude. What was the name of that one? That European vampire film that you guys saw where they were naked all the time. That was oh, better. Good, that at least had nudity. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are, are you talking about vampires? The 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 sort of sexy vampire movie that yeah, we yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. From your yeah, the Milana movie, Embrace of the Vampire? Oh, no, not that one. That's not... Oh! It's, it's <laughs> There's... That one. Okay, huh. if you want to do your bracket, the question is, Embrace of the Vampire... <laughs> My favorite, literally my favorite, you know, Jason has talked before about we should have an episode where we talk about our favorite moments from the podcast, and we're all like, I don't know, but my favorite moment from this podcast is Tony flipping out about Jason making him watch Embrace of the Vampire, having not seen it before. <laughs> this is the funniest I thing I've ever heard in my entire life. The tribe that he went on, that is, that's classic. That was so funny. <laughs> I was driving down the road. I think I was driving to Austin, and I was just like (laughs) laughing my ass. It was so funny. Oh my god! So glad somebody profits from my. (laughs) It kept me awake in a very difficult stretch of highway. Entertainment. Oh geez. We we really must do a a bracket of um uh of all the movies we've done to see how they how they come out. You know, like to see what like does Halloween six rank better than Embrace of the Vampire? Um but but the thing is there's a weird like um the I think that was called The Devil's Wedding Night. Maybe no, that's something that had El that had Elvira. Elvira Elvira instantly makes everything better. So the question is, was that the devil's wedding night? And and forgive me for for mixing them up, but the one with the ring that the twins were trying to get a hold of. That is the devil's wedding night. Okay. So that is a dumb movie from beginning to end. If, If devil's wedding night is what it's called, then great. That's a bad, bad film. And the question is, is a bad Italian, uh, Italian slash Spanish filmed without sound poorly dubbed is that kind of movie a better like how do we rank that how do we compare the experience of that versus halloween six i think that that boils down to your personal flavor of schlock i don't think i think that is like if you're if you are into like bad slasher movies this is probably going to be more your jam. But yeah. if you're more into bad vampire movies, this will no doubt. You know, be, what the, the different, to me, the, the difference is that those movies are made like honestly by a director that has some kind of vision. Um, and it's a bizarre vision that doesn't quite like mesh with like anybody's expectations for quality. But there's yeah. something kind of quaint and admirable about the fact that they pursued that like very singular vision and made this film um and and you can watch it and even though maybe there are like objective measures of quality that would say that it's worse than halloween six um it's more palatable because it's not like this that halloween six the reason they reshot the ending is because they they had they they did a screening with 14 year old boys and the 14 year old boys told them the ending was boring. So they reshot the film. That's, oh that's what that there's no singular vision. This is just like fucking like just throwing darts at the wall and seeing, you know, you know, what's going to sell. Um, and, and there's a crassness about this film that makes it unpalatable compared to the, those, those kinds by of the way, Those are worse. Cause I've been part of a focus group for a game, yeah. um, hosted by a major game developer actually. <laughs> and I was in charge of basically formulating, you know, what I could take away from this focus group. It was on VHS and then, you know, transcripts and it was the worst, <laughs> 
It was the worst. Like, what did you glean from this? They like everything and they hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was. I hope I know that I'll probably be part of that at some again at some point. But it is soul crushing that these are the people determining how you make your art. Yeah. Um, you know. I don't like, I want this to be more modern, but I also like how it's set not modern. You know, like everything was a contradiction and yet you're supposed to find some roadmap from it. And usually what happens, and I've seen this and been part of this, is a producer. Again, I have friends who are producers. This is not meant as a knock to you, but producers I have dealt with pick this one thing and it can be yeah. a thing that they're, maybe they're, they heard their nephew liked when they were hanging out at thanksgiving or it could be this one thing that they somehow like you know if you watch the superman movie documentary about the superman movie that never got made you know i love giant oh, yeah. spiders well i right. can't make the superman movie so i'm gonna put it in uh wild wild west you know there's something like i love these things and then that person who's not the creative driver has decided that this this thing and again maybe this isn't high art but it's still somebody's creative yeah. passion um it's at least commercial art has decided like no we're gonna do this and the idea that it you know we're gonna make this decision based on a focus group of 14 year old boys i it's I, pretty sad ah uh, i having i just know how that works and it makes me sad even sadder that we dislike this movie as this much because i i you know, like I said, I doubt anybody intended for that to happen. <laughs> no, of course. Well, and and I I think you know it would be a mistake to say. So, David, I think you're you're onto something that there's probably some more creative freedom in like random Spanish and Italian, but those are made in a in a sort of a those are still made in a mercenary surrounding. Those are still made by studios. It's just a different system, but. Having right, said all I that, mean, yeah, I mean, but some of those films are like clearly, you know, you know, whatever is like the driving force behind them, they're, you know, they're made by, I mean, they're made by directors and writers with a vision, and they're not, you know, yeah. focus grouping the hell out of things and like and being no. like commercial. And, and many crafty. times they make no sense. None. Yeah. I mean, yeah. tr truly, uh, honestly, I challenge you to watch, you know, The Devil's Wedding Night or The Devil's Nightmare and tell me. And recap for me exactly what happens in those films. <laughs> Having said that, I would I'd watch them over and over again, just over and over. You know, no no problem at all. Uh, and so I guess the thing is, this is more of an this is more of what Joe Bob would have called like indoor bull stuff. This is just a regular Hollywood sort of bright and shiny slasher movie. You know, and and in the end, you know, to the extent that it fails, it's because it doesn't handle that except rather stupidly. And that's a well, and, it's and no fun. A, yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's, no fun. it's no well fun. That's really the thing. Like, like all you really want out of this movie is to have some fun. And it doesn't deliver on that, you know, because like I've watched movies from the same time period that are, are probably the same, you know, film by committee kind of vibe and i'll you know i'll i i still find them more enjoyable than this because at least i have a little bit of fun watching it like mm, this just, it just doesn't get that doesn't deliver that yep so uh let's get our final thoughts it's been a, that's a really interesting discussion i have to say uh about about halloween six so let's get our final thoughts um 
same order drew tony julia david uh drew do you have anything else to there i mean that was a good summation but if if uh, uh anything else that you would like to wrap up with about i uh, get i get because of the discussion that we have i get why this movie is kind of fascinating to horror fans because it is an oddity and it's it's a weird movie it's just not weird in a way that i find endearing and you know i know that it has its fans and again i get why it's fascinating but i'm gonna close out by playing a little bit of watch this not that okay. if you want to watch a movie where there's a small town and there's a cult and you want something creepy and weird watch the wicker man instead mm. yeah. and that's mm. what i'm closing on watch the wicker man instead of this movie good all right uh tony final thoughts halloween six i definitely would not watch it again by choice i think drew's on to something i wonder i would be curious now that i think about it because of our age and how we grew up watching horror if the people who really love this movie are some of the people who had to dig to find their producer's cut because there is a certain buy-in that you had to do if you found something weird or off and you had to go searching for it, and maybe you'd find it at a con and all that. I, I would be curious if that nostalgia and that hunt is part of what makes this people's favorites. And not that it has to, but I would be curious what the over-under is on that. Um, also, by the way, if you're going to play this or that, if you want to see another good cult movie, uh, Race the Devil. Oh, There's yeah. There's a movie that doesn't oh, love that. Holy mackerel, yeah. Race you want to see devil. a cult movie, that one man that was that's that was that's that was that. uh david sutherland right and um sergeant holka uh, uh, from from stripes uh I, I feel so embarrassed right now that that i'm blanking on his name Peter name Pond and Warren, Oates. Warren, Warren Oates, yes thank you yeah yeah man race with the devil has all the cult no all killer yeah just fucking bleak as hell too <laughs> That's really good. So good. It is really like, good. None of this yeah. sitting around in a cult room BS. Like that was that's like a the... wonderfully paranoid film. That uh, you know, yeah, it's about two best friends who decide that they're going to grab a Winnebago and their wives and go driving across the country to go camping in uh, all the small towns they go to have been taken over by Satan. It's awesome. I you know, <laughs> it's it's so yeah. bizarre. It's really that's that's just it's like it's a wonderful sort of weird paranoid uh, uh, thing. And All right, so you, before Satanic Panic was yeah. a thing, really, it was. A, so your final thought about Halloween thought. Six is watch a satanic movie with Warren Oates. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're okay. going to watch a cult movie, yeah, and you know, I'm going to go with Drew. If you're going to watch something else, or of course, like I said, I'm going to always stick with Trick or Treat, not not with the R. Trick or treat from '86. Both good movies, but I'm I'm hearing you. I, I, uh, I, I, if, yeah. like I said I've told people this on Facebook. If I'm talking about trick or treat, it is always the one with Sammy Kerr. Yeah. If I say the word the movie, if I go, hey, the movie Trick or Treat, it's never the Sam Kid one. Even though, yeah. like, I don't hate on that, but if you hear it from my mouth, it is always from '86. <laughs> yeah, the one with the one with Ozzy. Yeah, I'm with you. awesome, awesome Fastway soundtrack, which is an awesome soundtrack no matter what. That album, the Fastway Trick or Treat soundtrack, is one of my top albums of all time. Julia, what are your final thoughts about Halloween Six? Well, so. I think if I'm looking at this film as, you know, kind of a model in what it is I'd like and don't like about films, like 
why don't I like this film? You know, aside from many obvious reasons. Uh, I think, I really just think it's so it complicated. It's overcomplicated. Like, you just need, I think Drew, Drew was maybe the one saying that, you know, you just got to go back to the formula and just have it be Michael Myers is the bad guy and other people are trying to get away from him. And, it's, and then there's some antagonist cop or something, you know, sheriff or whoever, somebody else. But having this whole complicated, weird cult thing and having people speak with the creepy, like, you know, the stupid, like, if you're telling a ghost story around the around the campfire kind of voice, including Paul Stephen Rudd, who, again, is not the same as Paul Rudd that has, we've seen in everything else. Um, and all those, all those just, all the overcomplication, overcomplications, they didn't need any of that. And they, what they needed instead was more atmosphere, more creepiness. You know, just stick with what you know and, and, and stop trying to... It's like, you know, and people will differ on what were the good X-Files episodes or what were the good, you know, whatever series you might like where some of the episodes are going to be story arc episodes and some of the episodes are going to be standalones. But for me, it's like once you got away from the sort of clean, you know, it's the cancer man's bad, there's alien of the week, and then you've got Scully and Mulder, and you got into all this weird stuff with clones and bees and I don't know what. I was like, why would you do that? Just stick with what's good and what everybody likes. Even though I I recognize that with a TV series, it's harder because you can't maintain it over so many episodes, but you can maintain it for six movies. I don't know why it's not... I don't know. So that's my thing. If if it comes down to it, it's too complicated and not atmospheric enough. Wonderful. All right. Uh, And David, what what, what about you? Uh, The movie's bad. Yes. (laughs) Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Just pretend it doesn't exist. I had never seen it until this month. And I've seen seen both the theatrical and the producer's version. And I could have lived my entire life without having seen either one of them. And I would be happy never to watch them again. All right. Halloween 6 versus Michael Myers' uh, Weird Nightmares from the 2009 Halloween 2. Yeah, how the 2009 Halloween 2 win. I mean, it wins totally. because if you're going to if you're going to go weird with Michael Myers, making him be the product of some like cult and like, you know, retrofitting um, all of this stuff and making Dr. Wynn from the first movie like be in on this like the cult. And even though he's played with a, by a different actor or whatever, um, you know, having to like, you know, retroactively make all that stuff happen retconning it um it would be better just to go ahead and um give him give him an interior life give him like what happens with uh, the rob zombie films where he's a character who's obsessed with his mother and and with all these symbols and um and he is like there is something going on inside of him that we yeah. see in his weird dreams rather than just the blankness because if you're if you can't just leave the blankness alone like julia suggesting and just have film after film of him just like you know kind of like the diehard films where it's it's like michael myers uh, you know on the subway or michael myers yeah, exactly. in, in the big city you know michael myers gets to chicago or whatever you know um that would have been a lot more entertaining and fun along the lines of also what drew's been um suggesting but if you're going to go with something really different the cult thing doesn't make any sense um and something like you know him like having these uh, bizarre visions of his mom and stuff like that seems to be at least more in line with the idea of being a serial killer yeah. than than um <laughs> the, this kind of weird cult that 
who knows what they want. Uh, it, it's it's a mess. And, and and if you're gonna do the cult thing, you do it from the very beginning. You have it planned out. You have it, you know, which hardly anybody does. People people who make movies and TV are like really fucking irresponsible. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's like yeah. lost. You know, the way it was to pitch like yes um i've we've got this wonderful idea it's gonna be great you know these they're, they're gonna crash on are there anything anything supernatural no 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 they're survivors of a crash and there's weird stuff going on but it's not supernatural and then you know and it, then they're like oh the pilot gets successful gets picked up and they're like oh shit now we have to make we have to like figure this out what's going to happen and so many filmmakers are like that they have a great idea but they don't put in the time to build the universe and stuff like that because they just want to crank out the next project crank out the next project and and uh, to me that's what's happening here it's irresponsible filmmaking um it, the epitome of it in, and i don't in like my it. mind though now i am picturing a series of postcards with jason hiding behind the laundry in like different cities <laughs> <laughs> like, london it's got like you know Michael landmarks Myers. like a, each one of them is an establishing shot but it's <laughs> Michael Myers like the, like the Maytag the Maytag repairman is what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Well, no, well he you know that's his stick right or it's it's like like Slenderman right or like all those freaking images of Slenderman like just like you know everything's normal and they're in the background of Slenderman so it's like yeah. you know well, a couple all, you know just all these cities yeah yeah the, the couple is like taking a picture of big ben and like you know in, you you zoom in and like at the top of big ben there's michael myers just sitting there <laughs> i was totally <laughs> waiting for nightfall looking up well, in the sky to see whether thor in aligns or whatever i don't know see, to their credit this is actually what the friday the 13th movies actually did it's just yep. like you just you just airlift jason to a different spot and just let him free and then and take like, him to space eventually yeah fuck yeah and okay. like a, like jason a, went to space and it was awesome yes all right? yeah, sure it was he's a wind-up doll and you just let him loose and he just starts slaughtering people and that's fine you know that and was that was and he looks cool yeah I'm I'm more enthusiastic about the Michael Myers mask than you are, Drew. But I, I'm with you. the 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 hockey mask is is pretty cool. It's I, not I, even I, just the mask; it's the whole design of the character is cool. Like Jason Voorhees makes a great action figure. There's lots of different versions of him. You have more zombified, less zombified. You know, he he just he's he's deformed. You know, like, so, like, when you take off the mask, he's not just some dude. He's yeah. a monster. Like Although, presumably, Michael Myers, Michael Myers is, like, all burnt up now. His yeah, that's is... true. He he probably looks like Freddy Krueger now. But, like, I just think he looks cooler. And, I mean, admittedly, that's, like, my childhood you know bias. This reminds me. I should add, there is one other thing that I kind of liked about the producer's uh, cut. And it was the very last scene where... You know, for a moment you think it's the man in black walking away, and you see his yes. face in profile, and it's actually Michael Myers. He's been Michael freed. Myers. He's, yeah, you forget that he's smart enough to dress up in in uh, costumes. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. That's, that's it's kind of cool. <laughs> again. He's that, free to do the world tour. Ta-da. Yeah, postcards. Yeah, <laughs> the the idea that Michael Myers puts on a trench coat and a big hat and is walking away. Yeah, that's um, it's, cool. it, what a strange character. That that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well then that's, um, I, I have nothing to add. That's, I'm really glad that we discussed that, but I have no final thoughts whatsoever. I think I've, I've talked enough. I feel like I've been unduly harsh to all the other movies. Um, because I, I feel like I haven't, like, it's not fair how mean I've been about other movies compared to this one, which, which I think is really trying. So, uh, not 
not like it's trying very hard. I mean, it's like very trying on us to watch. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> but let's get our Thanks thoughts. Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to know what you guys are watching. I know that, that we would all endorse the new Halloween movie, but I would ask you, save that one, because we're going to discuss it next week anyway. So lead us somewhere else. Uh, Drew, Tony, Julia, David, I'll go. Uh, Drew, what do you got for us this week? Well, I, I have um, comic book signings, first of all. Um, my buddy, Matt Matt Live, who is in a band called Free Runner, he, he has made a comic book about his band uh they are doing a signing next weekend of the comic book the writer shannon brewer is going to be there both matt and shannon are big supporters of halloween man so i want to plug their shot their signing next week at dragon's lair in austin it's going to be at 6 p.m uh the band is going to play a few songs and you know they're going to have comic books there to sell i have read the comic book it is super fun like saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe and you know like i think if you grew up on like like the old Hanna Barbera cartoons, I think you would you, you'll you'll in, enjoy the the book. So um, if you're not doing anything in Austin next weekend in like the early evening, you know go go hang out at Dragon's Lair up north for a while. But just down the street, and a week later, um, I I have to plug uh, I have to plug my own book signing, which is going mm. to be for the Bat City special, uh, which is finally coming out. We crowdfunded it, and as promised, we are going to have a Halloween party at Austin books and comics on North Lamar uh, from, you know, f- from five to eight in the evening on actually on Halloween, October 31st. So come hang out with me and meet some of the, the coolest underground cartoonists in, in Austin. Um, I have one, one or two more. Endo- I've been gone, so I have go, go crazy. Indulge, indulge me a little bit. I'm endorsing that everybody goes to the city of Sleepy Hollow or in the fall. City. <laughs> it's a village. It's a village. I shouldn't say city. Sleepy Hollow, New York, was one of the places I went on my vacation, and it was magical. Like the whole weekend, it was one of the best weekends of my life. Uh, we went to this thing called the Hudson Valley Blaze, which was a jack-o'-lantern festival. And they had 5,000 jack-o'-lanterns carved into amazing, beautiful sculptures all lit up. And then the, you know, just, just stunningly beautiful. And I should post some of the videos on our, our Facebook group so people can see this. Because like I, 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 my words are not going to do it justice. And then the next day, uh, we walked around sleepy hollow and we checked out all the headless horseman stuff and you know sleepy hollow cemetery is amazing and you actually learn a lot about how that 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 story came to be and like the people that it was based off of and the 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 folklore that it was based off of um and you can see washington irving's grave which is cool you can see katrina van tassel's grave believe it or not because she was a real person um and uh you know, I was just so utterly charmed by how all in Sleepy Hollow is about the Headless Horseman. Um, like it's on everything. It's their high school football mascot. It's on their cop cars. It's they have a statue of the Headless Horseman in their in their downtown area. Uh, I saw the I saw the Headless Horseman bridge, which is of course now part of a highway, but it's kind of still kind of cool because like if you look right across the bridge, you can see a preserved colonial village 
like the original village is still there so like i've been you know i'm an elvis fan i've been to memphis many many times but the weird the thing is people are kind of you know they, they feel very odd about elvis and memphis like there's this sort of like blase like oh yeah that's the thing that brings in tourists sleepy yeah. hollow is not like that they love the headless horseman like the, the 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 community pride about the headless horseman was just so i was just so charmed by it and i ended up buying and it worked because i ended up buying like a bazillion headless horseman things while i was there um so if you had to get a chance in your lifetime go to sleep Sleepy Hollow, New York in September, October, particularly go one of the weekends when the Hudson Valley Blaze is going on and and just have a good time because I I just loved everything about it. Um, my my final endorsement, this is this is an entertainment endorsement. All three seasons of Hannibal are now is now on Amazon Prime. And I avoided watching that show when it was on because you know it was just so hyped up but oh my god hannibal is so freaking good and it's beautiful like it, it takes a completely different approach to the to the the characters than than any of the films um it's very surreal it's like pretty to look at as strange as that might sound and all of the actors on it are fantastic like the cast is uniformly just great and you know matt mads milkinson i think i'm saying his name is right is fantastic as hannibal lecter like like he mickelson mickelson Mickelson. he is phenomenal as hannibal lecter and my god hollywood make a dracula movie with this guy as dracula like tomorrow stop Mm -hmm. what you're doing this guy was born to play dracula because like he 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 just He's just got it. So like Hannibal, watch it, watch all three seasons. You'll probably end up doing it it, like I did anyway, because it just sucks you in. So those are my... Sorry, sorry. I still can't believe the gore was on primetime TV. Oh my God. Gut-wrenching. Like there was stuff that I found hard to take. And I've watched this crap all the time well, <laughs> the, 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 the rules so about well gore on tv have changed very much the in the food, last the like, food the food porn years. may have made up for it because like sure. the food is the food is beautiful like i i you know if you were served that and you didn't know what it was you'd eat it oh yeah i mean all of it's really it's a really well done series there were just there were things in it that really i sure I pushes the, it pushes thought, the am i gonna go through the, am i gonna keep going or not yeah but uh it's really well done yeah well thank you drew um tony did you have any uh endorsements for us this week um i'm still playing fist of the north star lost paradise which is the right amount of gore and absurdity and cathartic fun after a stressful day work stressful days work um i also uh got david to watch terrified and uh so we have to cover this movie it's so good um and i found out today and i will i'm gonna go out on a limb on this one um uh there's a producer heather buckley who i see at fantastic fest all the time she's super cool is producer of a movie called the ranger which showed at south by southwest and Shutter just picked it up, but uh, it's gotten a lot of great early buzz. Um, some, you know, it says, "Hey, this is a punk rock splatter fest in the vein of um, Night of the Living Dead and you know, Class of '84, that kind of stuff." Which has all has my a 
Heather's super cool. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Jen Wexler, the director. Um, so I'm going to go on a limb, having not seen this movie, and say keep it on your radar um, because it has a lot of things that I usually that make my ears perk up. And knowing the people involved, I'm hoping it lives up to the hype. But I'm going to go with, you know, you can find, I'll, I had to post the trailer. But the announcement just went up recently um, that the Rangers picked up by Shudder. So Fantastic. rock and horror is definitely, you know, I think Drew and I will definitely be in on that. So I hope that it lives up to the hype. But knowing the people involved, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So we'll see when it comes out on Shudder. All right. Uh, Julia, what about you? Do you have anything to endorse? We, we had a snow day today, so I don't know if, if you took the advantage uh, time to watch some horror movies, but... Yes, I, you know, I always watch horror movies when I have the opportunity. No, I don't. I actually <laughs> tell Jason every time he says, do you want to watch this horror movie? I'm like, is it for the podcast? And he says, no. I'm like, then no, thank you. <laughs> um, we One day are that going We're going to, yeah, we're going to see Halloween this week. I'm excited um, to see that because I've heard good things. Um, no, uh, let's see. Gosh, this weekend is kind of a blur as far as, I feel like uh, I was busy, but I don't know what I was, that I actually accomplished anything. Um, no, we are watching the Doctor Who. I talked about that last time. Um, and I think I've mentioned that I'm enjoying that, uh, the, the show about the, um, the, the people who go missing for five years yeah. after and then the airplane. Yeah, manifest. And so that's a good, but yeah, I don't think I have anything new and, um, and we're already m- marathon blanked here. So I think I'll just let you guys, uh take my the rest of my time here <laughs> david do you have anything that you would like to endorse so in addition to seeing the really really amazing terrified aterrados that i mean and that is such a good film um i also saw this german horror film called cold hell um super good really amazing amazing film like um kind of more actiony revengey kind of uh horror film um but definitely really really badass and then uh because i got um shudder for the first time uh to see terrified uh, i watched the wolf creek tv series because i i liked the two movies and i had heard about this tv series and never seen it and i i really really like that again a movie about a woman just deciding you know she's not taking any more shit and just um getting back and if you've ever seen the other two movies with the really really menacing um mick whatever his last name wait is, the australian thing yeah the, the australian thing so they made oh, a tv okay. series a six episode tv series um in which uh there's a survivor of one of his little things and she um decides to track him down and, and dispose of him so it's it's a really 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 um beautifully shot really interesting uh series and i started watching today on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House, and oh my God, guys, that TV series! I I wasn't even on my radar. It is so good. It's a. It is actually really good. Jamie yes. and I were watching that as well. <laughs> yeah, isn't it I've, good? I've heard, I, yeah, it's, it's, you, you definitely need to see it. You will like it a lot. You will. Like Jason, I'm see the ASAP. Yeah, Jason, if you can get past that, it's basically taking names from the the book and in oh yeah, up giving a them completely, a completely <laughs> different story. Yeah, but it's a cool story. It's it's really compelling. It is. I'm interested. I I, I yeah, I'm down with the. No- I haven't been in any particular hurry. Uh, 
but I'm if everybody's saying it's really great, then I'll I'll totally watch it. I, all I had known before it's it's a thing called the Haunting of Hill House. It doesn't have anything to do with the Haunting of Hill House. I'm like, okay, oh, fine. It's like make it's like making a movie called Oliver Twist, but going. But just so you know, it's not really based on Oliver Twist. That's weird, guys. <laughs> that's that's super strange. It does like, play a lot of lip service to to both the original film and to and to Shirley Jackson and some dialogue choices. But sure. but, be, but beyond that, I get what you're saying. But this is well, I've who seen cares? Two, right, right. No, I'm I've with you. I mean, it really also doesn't matter. This is yeah. your wheelhouse. But I mean, I Jason, have you still you still haven't seen Penny Dreadful yet, right? <laughs> I have not seen Penny Dreadful, and I need so, to. And that I, is also something that you would enjoy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are kind you of know, like they're kind of like remixes, but they're like really beautifully done remixes um, with some really fascinating riffs on things, and and like using the original concepts to to explore things that weren't explored in the originals, both with Penny Dreadful and with The Haunting of Hill House, and they're definitely worth watching. I'm I'm totally interested, absolutely interested. Uh, also, both yeah. great Halloween time viewers that's that's a wonderful idea uh the uh my my only endorsement uh, this week i spent all day today reading a a a novel actually the woman in cabin 10 but that's really good but it's not my endorsement because it's not really for this crowd but uh something we were talking about uh um earlier in halloween 6 tipped me off you should check out the digital short the mirror this is an andy samberg oh yeah it was it was hey how about a movie that's entirely jump scares andy samberg and ellen page made a movie for snl it's three minutes long and it's called the mirror and it is basically just a series of mirror gags you know how in in a horror movie you know the girl's brushing her teeth and she's got the the mirror of the medicine cabinet open and she closes it and there's always somebody behind her this is like it's a three minute long gag that just keeps doing mirror gags. It is very funny and it was called The Mirror and you can find it on on YouTube. I also would love, if you come to the Facebook page, I would love to hear people's recommendations for what our next uh, retrospective is gonna be because as you know, the rest of October is scheduled out. We're gonna do Halloween and then we're gonna do uh, The War of the Worlds and then we gotta figure out what's next and um we always have ideas and the new ideas keep coming uh joya had a big idea that that she wanted to do and now i'm trying to remember what it was uh it just occurred to me today that from 1969 to 1971 there were three different terrible movies called dracula versus frankenstein i think that would be a a kind of a i want to do the i want to do like a second um retrospective about demon kids and like do the, the oh bad yeah seed and like the, the, the good son the, and right the good son and the bad like seed absolutely well i mean but i mean think about this jesus franco and paul nashi both did dracula versus frankenstein movies in 1969 that sounds like a crazy thing to try to watch back to back and keep straight in our heads uh i, uh, I sort of I'm going to, if we're going to do that, we have to do the, the, like, no more Dracula movies until we've done the Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> it's really strange that we haven't I'm, done that. I'm, I'm drawing my line in the sand here in the Universal <laughs> Monsters Night. Like, yes. we've done upteenth versions of Dracula.
Dracula except the one that everybody likes. It's so funny to imagine. <laughs> we'll do El Santo, El Tesoro de Dracula. This bizarre guy, like with with just some <laughs> random Mexican dude playing Dracula, and we still haven't done Bela Lugosi. I know. You want to you want to do an interesting retrospective? We could do the Bela Lugosi <laughs> Dracula and the Spanish and the Spanish the, the one that was filmed at the same time. Back right? to back. Yeah, yeah. What? Like, or I will curate curate a fucking Bela Lugosi vampire movie retrospective that will be awesome if you let me yes you know what would be allowed this is a this is a wonderful idea did i shift from where we haven't done that i don't in my mind we've done this (laughs) but no never but you have had this conversation (laughs) at least five times in the past four years but I'm just gonna, as a fan of the show, I'm going to point out that no, you guys. I, I agree, and I. That Drew has, I, has Drew has Drew, you just need to take over here. for shifting me into this timeline where we've never done. <laughs> I would yeah. be so happy to talk about the Todd Browning Dracula. It would okay. make me so happy. I'm I'm totally down with it. I do want to hear from our listeners. What do they want next? You I know, do you want to go back and do, do that? Do... I don't. How? I just okay. Put that yeah, on right. after. Come on, that's it. All right. Okay. Down after War of the Worlds, that's it. That's can we it. can we get back and do if if we, so? I am totally excited about doing Bell Lugosi. Completely, completely, no doubt about it. Down with that idea. I do want to do the Girl Gang Dracula movie from the fifties that we missed during our fifties stuff. I want to swoop in and pick that one up, just because. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like we did ourselves a disservice missing that one. Um, yes, but I promise you, I will watch some good quality stuff. I promise you, because I realize that I keep steering you away from good stuff towards weird, schlocky, strange things. That's, that's... I like weird, schlocky, strange things, too, but it's Bella <laughs> fucking Lugosi. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yes, sure. I, I, that's, Jason, that sounds good. Let's do that. on the Kid Monsters version of that as a game. How? Uh, no. After, after War of the Worlds, absolutely, that's it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I'm down with that. Put it in the books. Bella Lugosi. Send out the invites. Come on. Yeah, okay. All right. Yes. First, folks, we're going to do Bela Lugosi. Well, so uh, tell me, guys, what do you, we'll follow up afterwards. I'm curious. Do you want to just do a bunch of Bela Lugosi vampire stuff, or do you want to do classic? Well, I Actually, I'm down with that. Drew, you can curate it. It's fine. Uh, okay. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. The man's uh, gone okay. for month. He comes back, swoops in. Like a like a Lugosi vampire and takes over. <laughs> Amazing. Although you have to admit that my weird idea of grungy nineteen sixty nine Paul Nashy versus Jesus Franco that also I will is make an you idea. a trade. I like I like Paul Nashy. I will I will I will I will do those <laughs> movies if you will let me do Bella. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so uh, that's it for this week though. By gum, we really discussed a lot in this episode about Halloween 6. Uh, if you liked this, hey man, we got one more week. We're going to do Halloween. So this has been really interesting. We've done 4, 5, and 6, which are the most continuity-bound episodes. We're about to do Halloween. I, if you've liked what you've heard, come to the Facebook page. Talk to us about it. Leave reviews at iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. We, we want um, more and more of you to keep coming to the Facebook page and, and engaging with us. We, we really do try to uh, weigh in over there, and, um, and we have a really great time. I, I, thanks, guys, for being on. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you next, uh, next weekend. Bye. Night. Night. I love you, Stan. Good night, y'all. It's good to be back. Bye.
Awesome. Welcome yeah. back. Thank you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.